Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Upfront. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. At last! I always want to sing that like a Nina Simone, like, at last! Beautiful. The WSL is back! Okay, and just like that, we have lost all of our listeners. (laughs) The new season kicks off on Sunday, and we are here to talk you through the stories to look out for and the teams to keep an eye on this weekend and throughout the season. We'll be answering your questions, offering our traditional bold predictions and figuring out who will be the main protagonists at both ends of the table. Can I just say, do you know what I've been missing? Is it women's football? Football. I just feel like we Mm. haven't had any for Mm. so long. Like the Mm. last time we talked about football was Tuesday. I mean... There's, apparently there's rugby on or something. There's some, some other international sports going on. I cannot take on another sport, Chloe, but yes, I have no? been watching. Yes. <laughs> right, the WSL returns on Sunday. What are we most looking forward to this season? Okay, there's been some big, big movements, all right? Even before we kind of get into the transfers, the teams, the managers, the expectations, the Champions League, everything like that. Dawn Airy, uh, Sue Campbell, we were talking to them in uh, their sort of WSL media day. Both of them sort of opened up the day. We had, you know, representatives from all the clubs, but, you know, they were the big ones to sort of open up and say, this is where the league is. This is how amazing it's been. We've got loads and loads of fans invested in the game. We're getting more and more data every single day, more and more audiences. Like, everyone's getting involved. The success of the Euros, the success of the World Cup is only... um, 
helping to kind of elevate the game, but also that the success of the Lionesses doesn't necessarily always mean that that trickles down to the WSL clubs. There's obviously still a long way to go in the clubs kind of finding their own feet and developing the league individually and also as a whole. Uh, so Dawn was basically saying that the league is aiming to be uh, and to surpass the £1 billion in total annual revenue within the next decade. And obviously to do with that, to, to sort of start that whole process off, is this kind of transitioning the league from, you know, the FA having control of you know the championship and the WSL obviously you know the FA is a regulating body into you know having this commercial entity this private entity that's going to look after the league but essentially the structure of this kind of new entity is that all of the clubs in the WSL and championship are going to kind of fit under this new co that's what it's currently labeled I mean they, the, the name could you know do with a little bit of work I mean I don't know if the close Sullivan's want to come up with a, a new what the new name for the Robin WSL Cowan, uh, <laughs> over to you for the name <laughs> It needs some work, but Nuco is just like, yeah, it does what it says on the tin, I suppose. It sounds like a news company. That's yeah, what it, it sounds like. It doesn't sound Breaking like an exciting on Nuco, new like, empowering female yeah. league of elite football, does it? No. Um, so, yeah, so basically all the, 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 the clubs in the WSL Championship are going to have a certain amount of rights in this new company to decide on, and to take the matters into their own hands, to decide on, you know, various things that happen to, to the league. And we don't really have details of what the decision-making powers are yet. And we also don't have a lot of information on who is going to actually run this league. So it looks to be, uh, from the kind of noise that we're hearing, that it's going to be the Premier League that takes over this. Because obviously they have the experience. They've obviously grown the Premier League into this massive, you know, multi-billion pound product. All the teams in the Premier League have, you know, certain rights to do with their marketing, TV, commercial, broadcast, all these kind of things uh, to make decisions about the league. Uh, so it looks like it's the same format's going to be applied to, to the WSL. But that it's actually not confirmed yet. We actually don't have confirmation that the Premier League is going to be the takeover. So you could see a completely different entity take hold of this. I mean, does that feel a bit scary to you, Rich? It's, it's a bit weird to be like, to be saying we want to be this, that and the other by 10 years time or whatever, but not really knowing what it's going to look like next season. Like, could mm-hmm. it be next season that things change or is it going to be further down the line? Um, so I think the uncertainty is a bit unnerving. The last thing you want to see is when we're making this like rapid growth is to have something that stalls it or massively changes it. Um, you know, my concern around say the Premier League is how does that affect uh, teams in the WSL and the championship that don't have an association with a Premier League team? Does that matter? Do they have to have an association? You know, um, and also about how that money is being balanced between the championship and the WSL. How is it then trickling down to further divisions as well? Because we need to think beyond the WSL. It's not just the WSL. It's the entire ecosystem of women's football that needs to grow. So it's an interesting one. $1 billion or $1 billion, whichever it is, could have a massive impact, huge impact on the growth of the game. But it's how is that going to be, you know, spread out, I guess, across uh, the wider ecosystem. Um, but you, I feel like you have a little bit more insight on this kind of who could potentially be taking over or, or what the dealings are with that. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one. So obviously after we got this bit of an update from, from Dawn and Sue, we kind of asked a few of the players at the WSL Media Day about, you know, what their thoughts are on this new co, you know, how they thought the league was going. And, you know, we asked a, a, an array of people from, you know, youngsters who were just coming into the league to, you know, the kind of uh, Maz Pachego, who's sort of been a part of the league for a little bit. And, you know, people for, you know, internationals also from, from abroad who were sort of, you know, just trying to get their head around what's happening. And a lot of the kind of sense was, we don't know. We actually have completely no idea no one's Great. really talked to us about it we kind of think it's a good idea because it sounds like it's heading in the right direction but no one's really kind of consulted us too much on it which is alarming as fuck um 
So yeah, the kind of plan is for this situation, this new code to be given to the hands of someone else by 24, 25. But there's still so many things that haven't been wrapped up. Who that person, who that, that company is going to be, what these voting rights look like. I mean, for me, I think like you were saying, where the investment is going to be spread. I mean, the championship to me, there's almost an argument to say the championship needs more investment than the WSL at the moment yeah. because of, you know, attendances and the fact that you don't really have games on and on the FA player, it's not getting the kind of awareness and things like that. And a lot of those clubs, like you said, Rach, aren't backed by Premier League or even championship outfits so um yeah i mean teams that you got so the, the the identity of the championship is so unique because you do have teams like lewis which don't you know are completely you know they're it's share owned it's kind of like almost community owned clubs you've got identity you've got outfits like uh, london city lionesses which is completely like self-funded is trying to find commercial partners to kind of you know shore things up you've got then also clubs like the uh, you know like crystal palace who are completely you know backed by their premier league outfit you've got everyone sort of a part of this um so it'd be interesting to see sort of how the i mean i wouldn't want to be a part of the legal team in trying to figure out who has rights to what things at various points and where the investment's going to go and and how those teams all fight out amongst themselves what i do know is that the fa is trying to negotiate that they will still continue to have what's called a golden share which is essentially still to have a power a a say in the decision making process so that whoever does come in this commercial private entity who does take over they will have obviously a certain amount of decision making powers the clubs themselves will have that but also the fa still want to retain this kind of like we're gonna let you go but also we're gonna just hang on to your gonna hang on your to coat your, coat, your coattails yeah what, what makes me nervous is like don't hand over the reins until you've shown the other lot how to drive do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it feels a bit like they're leaping off the carriage while it's going 100 miles an hour and going there's someone coming soon don't worry it's like <laughs> no 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 you need to hand over the reins and also show them how it works a little bit before you um so yeah that would be my only kind of like Ugh. but maybe it's just a case that they're not sharing all the details until the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed do you know what I mean and, and let's hope that's the case 100%. I think there's going to be a lot of board meetings going on, a lot of last minute hairy deals. Um, obviously, now Kelly steps away, Sue's going to be stepping away. So, you know, I think I just saw the advert actually go out on the uh, the women the women in football jobs board, director of women's football at the yeah, FA. I, I I mean, did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you not? <laughs> Absolutely. Just for, the, just for the lols, I just thought, you know, like I've already had nine careers in the last two years. Why not just chuck another one, the old CV? I'm just sure the Chloe FA. Sullivan, director <laughs> of women's football. Like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> two for the price of two (laughs) but um i think it's going to be a very exciting year and i think like i said in the last episode you know obviously you've got this kind of like this big investor these 13 people that are sort of backed by um i can't remember the name of the the single uh female investor who it is but um i'll have to get actually finn remind me to do that i'll have a look at that after the pod um who's basically coming and having a look at sort of whether they can uh, invest in teams not just in the wsl but across the nwsl leagues in asia uh, africa as well so that's gonna be really interesting they seem to have taken a bit of an interest in lewis as being their sort of um not the guinea pig per se obviously you know maggie murphy's kind of like i think speaking to you know people in around this um situation and and hopefully that gets off the ground and we kind of see you know teams benefiting from external investors But let's focus on this juicy, chunky little weekend. We've got Arsenal hosting Liverpool at the Emirates. We've got Chelsea hosting Spurs at the Stamford Bridge. It just feels like it's going to be a big, explosive start. Um, But game of the weekend, surely, surely. And that's quite hard to say when you've got two big, you know, two big, juicy stadium games. Man United visit to Carla Ward's Aston Villa. Yes. Uh, Man United obviously lost a couple of big players. 
wipes tear away. Alessia Russo and Anna Baggie, uh, we managed to just hold on to Earps for one more year, but she will leave because obviously now she's been awarded Player of the Year by EE. Uh, and obviously, you know, Golden Glove, you know, the player of the planet, whatever, like she's just, you know, out there. But um, they've obviously made a couple of big signings as well. Absolutely massive signings. Um, yeah, Rach, what do you think of this? Because I feel like this is the, this is the, this is the juicy kind of fixture. I feel like Man United and Aston Villa are probably the big Champions League contenders this year. That's me. Yeah. That's that's my big take. That's my big yeah, take. I'm, I'm bold. I'm excited for this one. Um, you know, when you look at Villa's season last season, um, they made a huge leap up the table. They took four points off City. They beat Arsenal. They ran United close towards the end of the season, losing 3-2, uh, which was a big improvement on the 5-0 drubbing earlier on in the season. Uh, beat them in Conti Cup on penalties. Um, I think what Villa need to work on is consistency against the team's that they should be beating or are expected to be. You know, they drew with Liverpool, they drew with Spurs, they drew with Brighton. You know, that's six points potentially um, you could have had. So they've sh- they've shown that they can turn up on the big occasion um, and they need to carry that through then, I think, to all fixtures. And, you know, we praised Carla Ward's, Carla Ward last season, her recruitment last season and how quickly the team appeared to gel. Um, you know, there were duos and link-up play that was happening really early on in the season that really impressed us. So I think that will be key this season with some of the players that she's brought in um, and she will hate me for saying this but I think she is going to be challenging the the top three top four I think she's absolutely going to be challenging up there but she won't want me to say that sorry Carla not to put too much pressure on the squad before they've even kicked off but um, yeah I do think obviously with how they were doing last season the signings that they've made I do think they are I think they're going to be in and around it. I think with Man United looking very... They've obviously had a, a quite a difficult summer for, for various different reasons. Um, they have had a lot of transition. The, the shine does seem to have come off them since their incredible last season. Um, and I, I, I just think that they're the ones that aren't guaranteed the Champions League next year. And I, think I don't it's, know. That's, that's horrible to say because I know they've not even played their, their second round qualifying game uh, for the first Champions League entry that they'll be making this year. But I think with the players they brought in, they should be. And I think mm-hmm. what worries the fans is trusting that those players are going to be used. And I think mm-hmm. that's where that kind of lack of trust lies, where you're like, well, you had a great squad. Not all of them were used. You have lost. I know you've named a couple of big names there, but they did lose a lot of players. So with the players that they've brought in, they should absolutely be getting Champions League. Um, but you just don't know. I think what the World Cup has told me <laughs> is that things are not always as straightforward as you think they're going to be. I think with the, with, the fix, <laughs> with the fixtures and the, the calendar window and all that kind of stuff, I just think we're going to start seeing a bit more levelling up at the moment. So we might see some um, surprise results. But I, I would be expecting... Man United to be pushing for that for those Champions League spots. I think it would be pretty disastrous if they didn't get top three. Okay. All right. Well, first bold prediction of the pod. Top three spots. Who's making the Champions League in 2024? Oh. I'm going to say Arsenal, Chelsea, United. And we said this last season as well. And we were nearly wrong, but we weren't. Uh, I'm going to say Arsenal, Chelsea, Villa. Yep. I know, I know, I know it's a surprise for everyone. I know people around the world will have fallen off their seats and be not choosing United, but it just goes to show that I am balanced and unbiased, okay? Mm. 
Yes, there we go. Right, second big game. Arsenal hosting uh, hosting Liverpool at the Emirates. Um, Big, big stadium game. Already sold 45,000 tickets. Uh, It'll be the first... WSL game, uh, first of five, sorry, uh, matches they'll play at the club's main stadium this year. Um, obviously, they would have had probably more games at the stadium had they not crashed and burned out of the Champions League to Paris FC. Naughty, naughty, naughty. That didn't go down well with their marketing commercial team. But we moved. The league trophy is still all to play for. Um, what do we think about this fixture? Because obviously... Arsenal have done the absolute business with their signings, bringing in Russo, bringing in Amanda, um, bringing in a variety, a massive variety of names. You know, like and these aren't just small names; these are World Cup winners. You've got Lyakadina in there. You've got you know quarter finalists. You've got semi final. You've got finalists in there. It's it's the caliber is huge. The the spending's been wild. Ardeville has gone to town on the old budget, and rightly so. Um, but also Liverpool, you know, they are one of those. T- they, we saw them take you know points away from big WSL titans last season and they did a good like consider it's their first year back into the WSL last year they finished very strong they were taking away points from from top teams and also I just think that they're they're a little bit inconsistent you never know what you're going to get and I think that's that's the fear and I think a lot of the Arsenal players obviously like you said with scheduling the Champions League fixtures the United, um, United, United Nations, the United Nations games. They're playing that's, on that as well. That's yeah, yeah. how packed the schedule is. That's the kind of tournament I've Look at Leah Williamson having to go and talk there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? She's she's having to talk there. I'm telling you, the United Nations League, one hundred percent. I've just made that up. Um, you've got all these tournaments that they've they've kind of um, you know had to be a part of. Whereas Liverpool, you know, haven't really had. They've not got you know loads and loads of international stars that have had to contend with those kind of fixtures and they've also brought in 11 new signings whilst also retaining you know some of their big names there you know uh, Missy Bo Kearns there um, Kerry Holland uh, you know Matt Beers just signed a new contract they've got the, the fantastic new facilities now at, at Melwood um, and it does feel like they are they're, they're going to be tough they're going to be tough opposition I mean Rach what, what are you thinking about this game because I don't think this is a wrapped up Arsenal with the win easy walk away type situation no, it's not. Like, I, I don't think any game really is. Um, and I think teams always not only step up when they play um, top teams, but they step up even more when they're in big occasions. Uh, so at the Emirates. Um, so that's another thing to, to contend with. But for Arsenal, I think with the injury catastrophe last season, I think they overachieved both in the league mm-hmm. and the Champions League. Um, and won a Conti Cup. And I'm sure I'm, I might get lambasted for saying that because they're Arsenal and they should be winning. But realistically, like there were times where you're like, for God's sake, there's barely any bloody players left at this rate. They're all getting injured left, right and centre, which is something that needs to be looked at, by the way. But I think this season, not only have they done really well in the transfer window, but they were getting, you know, a lot of their ACL club back throughout the season. Um, and they now have one less competition to worry about. So I think there's no excuse this season, the bare minimum, they have to win silverware um, and they have to absolutely be gunning for that league, pardon the pun, but that league needs to be the absolute must this season. And I think questions will be asked if they have a season that ends up trophyless with the recruitment they've done, the fact that their injured players are coming back and the fact that they've had a disastrous Champions League campaign. They have to get champion. Like Champions League was minimum last season. <laughs> they have to be, you know, ideally winning the league so they don't have to go through these stages, early stages of the Champions League. Um, but yeah, as you said, like no game is easy. Like no one's going to be looking at that and going, oh, this will be grand, yeah. We'll mm. like totally walk this. Um, and to be honest, I don't think there's really many fixtures where teams are going to be saying that this season. 
No. We'll get on to the potential easier teams in a second. But, I mean, you pretty much answered the, you know, we had a quick, we got so many questions come in about, you know, our predictions and stuff at the start of the season. So we did have a question from name cannot be blank. Uh, with no European football to contend with, all Arsenal season will Arsenal season be considered a failure if they don't finally take the league crown back from Chelsea? I would say yes. Now they've crashed out the Champions League, I think the pressure on them has absolutely tripled uh, on them to walk away with the title. And also, when you look at their cabinet, it's it, it looks pretty bare compared to Chelsea's. And I think with the talent they've got, they can't afford to not. Like, how can you justify keep spending all this money on your big summer signings to your board if actually you're not walking away with anything at the end of it? I think it was 2019, 2018, 19 was the last time they um, had a, had any kind of like decent silverware. Obviously, they, they walked away with the uh, the Conti Cup this year. So, Huge, that. Massive. Um, Don't count this, that. What, the Conti Cup? Yeah. Love the Conti Cup. Ooh. But also, like, they do have quite a, a core of a squad that have been together for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know there's a lot of new faces, but, you know... No excuses this season. Arsenal, pressure's on, lads. Pressure pressure's is on. on. Right, Man City have made only one addition to their squad this season, and what an addition it has been. Gerard, welcome back. Welcome back, you. Absolute carnage at the World Cup. Um, I mean, what do you think for Man City's chances? Because Man City feel like they're very... They, they're quiet. Everyone's gone quiet about Man City. No, There doesn't seem to be a hype and buzz. They were always kind of like, yeah, they'll be in the top three. Of course, they make champ. Like, they're absolutely fine. They'll always be up there. They'll be in some of the finals and stuff. Don't worry about them. But no one seems to be talking about Man City. Why do you think that is? I think they've coasted the last few years, but not massively achieved. Um, I think last season, obviously, there was a huge amount of players in, players out. Um, and I don't really know how to feel about them this season. Like, one side of me, you're like, I'd, I'd be worried. Mm-hmm. Um, but equally, Gareth Taylor did say last season, they need time. They need time for players to get used to each other. They need time to click. They need time to, like get their style of football nailed um, and they've had that time and they don't have a whole rake of players coming in now disrupting things so then you're kind of saying well is there an excuse now this season you've had the time to gel you have to win something like I, I feel a bit like like I said about Arsenal Man City have to win something this season because otherwise what are they doing you know you've, you've had a season of, of a lot of changes and now you've had a season with no changes it has to has to work at some point. Um, and they're always in and around and up the top and they're always a difficult team to play and they're always in the top four, as you say. That's what we consider. Um, but yeah, start. they not, need to start getting silverware. Um, for me, anyway, I think, I think that's the minimum. Will we see another season of criticising Gareth Taylor? Well, he could prove us all wrong. Listen, he said <laughs> they needed time last season. You've had it now. You've not had had no, but I mean you've not had many. But you've not had many players come in, so that excuse is gone. So you need to be seeing that team come back together and be like, we know each other, we know what to expect. You know, we're gelled. We've thrown in Jill Roard for good measure. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so what can we do with that? So cheeky little Mary Fowler as well. You know, like great World Cup. You know, uh, once they. That's the thing. They have the players. It's just. They should be gelled now and it should kind of be hopefully smooth sailing for them. So there's so many teams I'm just excited to see play. And like the second week, I think it is, isn't it? Um, Don't they take on Chelsea? Uh, We've got like United Arsenal. City on the first and then Man City Chelsea at the newly, uh, not the Academy Stadium, it's the Joy, Joy Joy Stadium. Yeah, the Academy Uh, Stadium, it's not going to happen. And and then you've got Arsenal United. So I feel like all these teams are going to be tested early on and we can kind of get a feel for, 
you know, how they're going to fare. So, oh, it's so exciting, Chloe. I mean, I was facetious and jokey at the beginning about missing football, but I bloody did. I'm very excited about it coming back. So... The big question... And I should say, WSL coming back. Not that there hasn't been football already, by the way, because of course. the championship has been so much fun already. Yes. Rach, Chelsea, obviously, they've won pretty much every single trophy now, apart from the Champions League, since time began. Do we think that this is going to be their fourth consecutive WSL title? Do we think that this is in the bank? Personally, I think it's time for, it's time for a new winner. Personally. I don't, I, don't I, mean, think Ch- I don't think Chelsea are going to win it this year. I don't I think, think Everhay is going to be too focused on the Champions League. I don't think they've got on the bank. I don't think anyone has. Um, and I think every season it gets harder and harder to retain the title. I think Emma Hayes said last season was the hardest to, to retain the title. Um, so I think this will be the toughest one yet. Mm-hmm. And I said this last season as well, for them to retain the title. Um, you know, threats aren't only coming from the teams in and around them. They're, they're coming from everywhere. It's not just the top four that kind of threatened them. And we saw that they, they lost to Liverpool. But I think at any time of the season, anybody could take points off you. Um, and when you're across so many competitions, I mean, this is why we've seen so many signings for Chelsea. Um, I mean, they, they kind of did a lot of their business uh, pre-season, but it's why they have that squad depth pre-season, pre-World Cup. It's why they have that squad depth is to manage these competitions. And that's going to be Emma Hayes' biggest challenge because... They're winners. They want to go as far as possible in every competition. But as you said, the Champions League is the ultimate for them. So it's how they divide their focus, I suppose. We've seen them do it before, but she wants that Champions League. It's that. I mean, when you've already won three consecutive WSL titles, you can kind of oh, afford... Boring. Yeah, you can kind of afford to... Like, not, yeah. not that Emma Hayes won't be gunning for absolutely both, but I do feel like the Champions League is the last... It's the last frontier, isn't it, for her? I do feel the like... final frontier. It's that. And like, obviously, I mean, she's still got to get over the fact that they could be playing Wolfsburg again, the group stages, but obviously Barcelona, like you could, all these amazing, amazing teams, they could not have picked worse opposition. Like, yay, we don't have to be in group one. And then you're like, oh, goddamn, round two is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. However, um, yeah, I think the focus for Emma Hayes is going to be uh, on the Champions League. So I think she would happily forego, if it came down to it, and commitments and scheduling and those kind of things, I think she'd happily forego the title this year. So I do think it's Arsenal's time to shine. And also, have you seen their kits? Have you seen Arsenal's kits? Which one? All the one that was leaked. The Stella, the Stella McCartney collab, the kind of the French um, moped, Leah Williamson type situation oh, with yeah. that dark blue and green. I'm like, I now support Arsenal. And oh, that's for Arsenal. Here okay. we go. No wonder you're All not right. pipping Man United for the title. <laughs> I lost interest. You, you messed around with Erps. You lost Russo. You, you, you're just messing around with your club's a nightmare. Your club's an ethical and moral nightmare. Okay. I don't know how long, much longer I can put up with it. So, um, so Can't yeah. say how you feel, Chloe. Jesus. <laughs> so I do feel like, actually, I, I do want to wear that that nice pink Arsenal Stella McCartney collab. Yeah. So, wow. you know, I told you, keeping it non biased this year. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty bottom half of the league. I mean... There seems to be the same the same kind of names popping up. The Leicester Cities. Uh, obviously, we had Reading go down last year. They're gone. Bristol City now coming up. But also, they're in a, a very different situation to a lot of the teams in the WSL. They're not backed by a Premier League outfit. They have been, obviously, doing absolute business in the Championship. I mean, they absolutely destroyed the Championship left front centre. It was completely frustrating to watch. But um, do we think... Obviously, with the budgets, the resources, the you know what they're able to achieve in terms of the WSL standard now. I mean, they were last in it uh, 2021, so two years ago. So I think the standard now seems to have completely changed in the WSL. Um, I do think that this is going to be potentially a, a very big ask of them to stay up this year. I don't know. I think they've made some good signings um, to kind of prepare themselves for this league. Um, you know, Jamie Lee Napier coming in, Megan Connolly, Carrie Jones. Um, you know, I think they're preparing well for that. There's also a resilience to Bristol that you can't buy and you can't recruit. There's just something about that club. Um, you know, they lasted in the WSL probably longer than anyone thought they would. Um, and they were desperate to get back up again. So I think that adds another angle to their game is that resilience. Um, so I'm excited for them this season. But I... I feel like the bottom half is going to be really close, like between six teams. I think we're going to see a lot of movement. Um, you know, I, I hope we're moving away from it being just between one or two teams or one or two teams being like dead last, way away from everybody else. Um, I think we might see, you know, between like your Leicesters, your West Hams, your Spurs, your Liverpools, potentially, and I got shit on this for social media for saying this, potentially Everton make me a little bit nervous with their lack of you know, defensive back for Ricky Savek going and Gabby George on the last day of the transfer window. Big blows for them, not just because, you know, they're the maturity and the kind of confidence they bring in that back line. That kind of just makes me nervous about whether that's been... They've done some good recruitment, but that area just worries me a little bit. And we've seen from some of their um, pre-season friendlies that they are not having trouble scoring goals, but they are leaking quite a few as well. Um, so I think that's one area that makes me nervous. But I do think that we're going to see quite a bit of movement so I'm hoping it's not going to be by Christmas I mean by Christmas last year we all thought Leicester were down and out didn't we and um, Willie Kirk came along and worked his magic and I'm quite excited to see Leicester this season actually I think they got a huge amount of momentum towards the end of the season they stayed up I think you know Willie Kirk came in and said we're going to be a ball playing 
squad, which I think... They went on a good run, didn't they, throughout yeah. Christmas? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, holding on to some key players, bringing in some good experience and just speaking to the likes of Hannah Kane, they just seem so excited about this group of players. They're all in Deanne Rose, you know? I'm real So I'm quite excited. To, yeah, I'm excited to see Leicester this season. Um, and I, you know, I hopefully they'll stay away from the bottom. Well, another big debate throughout last year was Spurs because no one really understood why Spurs continued to be in and around the relegation zone. It didn't seem like, given the talent and kind of where they had been previously, they seemed to be kind of, you know, come into the, you know, fairly fairly still new-ish to the WSL-ish. I think it's their fourth season now, so maybe not. Um, obviously, change of management, got in some decent players. Bethany England being their star signing last year for a quarter of a million. And then she went on to do the absolute business and, like, from doing that, obviously elevated herself into the into the World Cup squad. Then now, without her, she's just undergone hip surgery at the start of September. I mean, even with her goals, Spurs still struggled. Do we now think they're back? we're back to sort of like the pre-Bethany England era for Spurs? Do we think that we're going to be seeing the same thing for Wilhelm and Skyde? Um, I mean, they're, they're not an exciting... They don't seem to me like an exciting t- like one to, oh, God, they, they could be progressing, like Aston Villa. They just seem to be middle to bottom. That's their, that's their section. It's hard to call because I think, it's just, I think it's the same with West Ham. Both managers came in quite late. You know, they haven't had time really to make a mark on the squad. And I think that's why we didn't see loads of transfers um, into either team, really. They obviously have made some, but we've said this before, and managers have said this before, they tend to work a window in advance. So I feel like maybe come January, we might see some bigger signings into those squads, which they'll need. They need more depth. So I think maybe from that, from now to, to, to Christmas is going to be tough. Um, and they'll want to make sure they're not too adrift, I think, uh, until they get to the January transfer window. Because I think we might see some movement, hopefully there, to allow them to put more of a stamp on their teams and, and build something. Um we didn't see a lot from Wilhelm because he didn't have a lot of time there. We know about Ryan Skinner. Um, so, yeah, I think they need to kind of inject that excitement again. You know, you look back at that season, and I was going to say this about Villa. I, d- I hope they don't have a Spurs where they did wonders and then the following season, you know, they were fighting against relegation. But I feel like Spurs overachieved, whereas Villa wasn't as big of a surprise, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, and I think they had a much better identity. Villa have a much better identity in terms of how they play football and what they want to do. So that's why I'm more positive about Villa's rise um, in comparison to how Spurs kind of they're up and down. So yeah, I think their main aim will be keeping close to the teams around them as close as possible um, until they can get to that January transfer window and hopefully add more blood to the squad. And finally, the old team at the countryside, not the countryside, the seaside. We just thought because we're What am I even talking? Have I lost I the don't plot? Know. It's yeah. Monday. It's Monday. Anyway, the team on the seaside, Brighton. Obviously, they were also massively in contention for kind of you know joining the championship again. Uh, lost Daniel Carter. She went over to uh, London City Lionesses, which is a massive signing for that team. A massive signing. That's like that sets out their ambition for what they want to achieve this year. Um, yeah, what do we think about them? Because again, they're one of those teams that I don't feel particularly always that excited. There's like three teams. I'll tell you what, there's three teams in the WSL that I always think are like the teams that if someone's like, oh, do you want to go and see that game? I'm like, mm, maybe I'll watch it on TV. And it would be, <laughs> it's too savage. It's going to be too, is it too savage? savage. Too much. Too far. Go on, you said it now. Too, I've, got, I've got there. Brighton. 
Spurs. And then top of the list, Everton. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And just like that, we have lost all of those fans of those teams. <laughs> no. Let me bring it back. Not, Let me bring I'm it back. Saying, I'm not saying they are not good teams. I'm not talking about the talent of those oh, teams. God, I'm talking about here. which teams are the most exciting to watch. Mm. The ones that I'm like, yeah, let's absolutely go to that, those yeah, games. because digging deeper. Do you reckon? Stop while you're like knee deep and okay. you can still get out. Okay. Average. So we've talked about your top fours, right? Mm. And Villa. Mm. I think and this is going to be one of my bold predictions. Go on. Brighton will be number six. Shut I think Brighton door. might finish top half of the table rather than bottom half. That's one of my bold predictions. I'm quite excited by what Mel Phillips is building at Brighton. I think they've brought in some good players. Um, and you could even see her influence in the few games that she had under her belt there. And I think the players rave about her as well. So that's one of my, I know we're getting on to bold predictions. That's going to be one of my bold predictions. And I think it is very bold, but there you go. It's all bit Come back, Brighton fans. All is forgiven. <laughs> no, Brighton fans don't go. I didn't mean to be mean. I just, you know, there's so, much, there's so much incredible things going on with some of the clubs at the WSL. And if you've got to rank these things. Oh God, like, we're just going to get rid of them again. I've just brought them back. All right. Sorry, 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 sorry. Can't wait. And also, I do want to go down to... My bold predictions, all right, cool. Because yeah. right, nice, if you go down to Brighton, on. you'll be thrown in the sea at this rate, so. Bold predictions. Is Arsenal winning the league a bold prediction? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, all right, well, that would be my first bold prediction. Who okay. do you think is going to win the league? Yeah, put your flagpole in the sand. Go on, I've, I've, I've said mine. Arsenal. Arsenal for the win. I think they have to. Yeah, Best coming back. Like, Best already pretty to. much back. Viv's going to be back soon. Hard to rule out Chelsea, but I think they have to. Mm. That's the way I look at it. My okay. other bold prediction is, and I'm sorry, Carla, Villa top four. I don't think that's that bold, actually. All right? It's pretty bold, but okay. Thanks. I would also say, well, I've already said Villa for the Champions League spot, so that's where, that's where I'm heading. I can imagine Carla driving on her way to training, listening to the podcast, mm. screaming at the radio for us saying yeah. this. So apologies, but... All right, so we've lost Brighton fans and Carla Ward as fans of the pod. Amazing. What a great... First step, a first. I mean, we rep. lost the fans right at the beginning of the episode with you, didn't we? <laughs> they're all, they're all gone. <laughs> okay, who's going to be relegated? Oh, that's actually harder than who's going to win it. Who's getting the axe? For me, it's Bristol City. I'm sorry. I think it's Bristol City. I'm sorry, Bristol City. I don't want to see that happen. Not so, not so quickly. Not, not, not that you've found, you know, you've just about found your feet again back at the top table. I don't want to see that, but I do, I do think the calibre now is so high. I genuinely don't know. Like, that is so hard. This is going to be the season where it's just going to be like one team at the bottom the whole way through. And like, here's me going, it could be anyone. Um, I might have to go with you, but I don't want to. <sighs> Fine, I'll go with Bristol, but I don't think, like, I'm like, you know, 40% there mm -hmm. as opposed to actually genuinely thinking it. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, okay, how about we just say, so we've got another question in from Amy. Uh, she said, what player should we be looking out for this season? So I've done, I've done, two, so I've done like players that are new that have come in. Yeah. So Miyazawa, obviously. Yeah. Cooney Cross and yeah. Sophia Roman Hogue. Hog. Um, I'm sure I'll be corrected on how to pronounce her name. Um, Liverpool signed her, didn't they? Um, and she showed what she could do. I know Norway didn't have a brilliant World Cup. But um, she came on in place of Ada Hegerberg. She's like a mini Ada Hegerberg. Um, she even had the same hairstyle. And she came on and, and did very well. So she could be a great signing for them. And then of the players already in the league, Kirsty Hansen, 
Yes. At Villa. Yes. I think getting her on a permanent brilliant work by Carla Ward. Um, and Deanne Rose at Leicester. I'm very excited to see her. Last season, she got injured in the first game uh, for Reading against United and was out until she got a half of the final game. I think it was. So I'm excited for her at Leicester. Well, ever true to my goalkeeper union, I'm going to be saying, watch out for uh, absolute world. You think I'm going to go with Mary Epps? No, I don't because that wouldn't be... Daphne Bondi. Come on. Daphne Bondi. Yeah. She's going to absolutely smash it. I mean, we saw what she was capable of in the World Cup and I think her joining Villa is an absolute coup. I mean, Wardy, I know you probably left the podcast at this point, but if you can (laughs) sign back on and just listen to this last section... Massive sign-in. Congratulations, because that's... I can't wait. Can't I cannot wait. Absolutely cannot wait for that one. Right. We are done. We've wrapped up everything from the top, the middle, the bottoms, the predictions, the signings, what we're most looking forward to, the biggest games that are this weekend. So I think that's just about it. I think there's nothing left for us to do, really, Rach, apart from watch those games, see what comes out of it, watch the drama unfold and obviously report about it every single week, week in, week out and just tell you what's going on, what's happening and what we thought of all these juicy little things that's going to come out of it. So bear with us, keep with us, keep listening uh, and we're going to have another incredible, incredible season coming up. Rach, where are you going to be this weekend when there's just so much going on, mate? Where are you going to go? Well, can I just say, on Saturday, it's my birthday. And then on Sunday, oh my I'll God, be going to Stamford Bridge. Oh my God, how are you celebrating? Wow. God, now you've lost your co-host. You have done great <laughs> on this first episode, Chloe. <laughs> Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge is the answer to the question. My God, move on. Where are you going? Oh my God, you're going to do like a lap of honour or something. That'd be, that'd be incredible. I mean, now that you're friends with Hayes, you're delivering biscuits to Lauren James. Like Maybe they could just sort that out for you. How about that? Um, I will be, uh, I'm actually going away this weekend for a cheeky little weekend in an Airbnb cottage that I can hole up with a log fire and a little um, wood burner type situation. Is that a solo trip, is it? Cry a little heart out. No, I've actually found myself a girlfriend. (laughs) Chloe, exclusive. Come on, come on. What a great season this is going to be. Stay tuned to see how long it lasts. (laughs) Listen, you call me 40, you are just paving the way. Yeah, if I'm in tears the next episode, you know why. Um, yeah, she's a Man United fan. So, yeah, it, it was always meant to be, really. Um, That's why, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Now you've got and nothing then, in common. Nightmare. Well, <laughs> yeah, now I told her that I was supporting Arsenal. So it's, uh, it's all gone tits up very, very early days. But, uh, yeah, I'll be holed up in an Airbnb, but also obviously covering these games. The biggest one for me, I think, I just I just want to see how Arsenal and Liverpool get on. Because I just think that's going to be such a tasty, juicy little fixture. And also Arsenal have everything to play for. Now they crashed and burned out of the Champions League. So, yeah, big stuff. Right. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We'll be back on Tuesday to look back and the very first weekend of the WSL season. Uh, Whether this was your first listen or you've been with us from the very start, please leave us a five-star review. It really, really bloody helps the show. Uh, And if you haven't already, remember to subscribe so that you don't miss a single thing this season. Uh, remember you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Morgie underscore 89 Rach is at girls on the ball and we are at upfront underscore pod you can also find us on YouTube at upfront pod see you next week
Upfront is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 